You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Bills Mafia. We know there's only one topic every day. All Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovey and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. You really can't draw it up any better than that. Josh Allen said it was spiritual. Other players said it was a moment when you had to believe in God. Everybody can believe what they want to believe. But Sal, what a start to that game yesterday. That was unbelievable. I think for me, that was probably one of my favorite sports memories ever. And it's pretty high on the list. I don't think I've ever been a part of something like that. It just felt like it was a sign. It came from a higher power. It was, it was unbelievable. Yeah. My brother texted me after the game. He lives out in Oregon. He lives out West. He listens to the radio broadcast. He's a bills fan. He follows along and he texted me and said, is that the best like day of your career inside that stadium? Wow. And I thought about it and I responded, Matt, I said, not the best, but certainly one of, if not the most memorable. Yeah, that's fair. I think because I don't know how you say best with everything that's going on and knowing the backdrop, right? Mm-hmm. That That's tough to say, but it's certainly one of the most memorable. It's something that will always be with me and stick, you know, watching that sideline when he took that, that ball back, man. Um, and then the aftermath on the sideline. I don't it think it's incredible. Yeah, I don't think we plan on starting with this, but I feel like it's relevant. So I said, I think it's one of my favorite sports memories that I've ever had. I think in that stadium, the other moments that stand out to me were the Taron Johnson pick six in the playoffs for sure in the divisional rounds. I think that might be the most significant play that I've ever seen just because it basically sent the bills to the AFC championship. And I remember that was still when there was the limited crowd. So there was only six or 7,000 people there, but it felt like the stadium exploded and there were that many people there. And then there was something I think for my generation, people, my age, incredibly therapeutic about watching them just destroy the Patriots in the wild card game last year. I feel like that was 20 years of pent up frustration just put out in one day. So to me, those are the things that I was thinking of yesterday. I think that Heinz moment was about as good as it gets, but then those other two moments were the ones that I thought of as just some of the best moments that I've ever experienced in that stadium. And um, for it to even for the Heinz opening kickoff to even be in the conversation with those other moments, those playoff memories that we have, I think speaks volumes to just how big it was. No doubt. I agree with everything you said. Um, And I am a bit older than you. So I will tell you that if you're talking singular moments, singular play, Taron Johnson, Naeem Hines, right there, both of them, right? I mean, no doubt. To me, no doubt about that. If you're talking moments and days, it's, I've always said the greatest day I ever had in that stadium was 51 to three over the, over the Raiders. Yeah. I I was a senior in high school. 
first row of the upper deck experiencing that. It was incredible. That's crazy. And it was, you know, going to the Super Bowl. This one, and then the other one was Patriots last year, the de- the destruction. You're right. Like, you don't have to be of any age to understand what that meant to everybody that day, right? But you're right. I get it. Hit a little bit different, maybe different, you know, based on where you were in your Bills timeline, if you will. But singular moment, yeah, that 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 kickoff return, you know, I, you try and you try in our business, you know, our, our job is to be observers, sources of information, but we have to be also organic and let our, what we're thinking at the time in real time kind of take over, if you will. You can't, you can't just be scripted, right? In a lot of, a lot of it, you're scripted mm-hmm. when you're on doing your anchoring, of course. Right. But when you're talking about it, like we're doing this, mm-hmm. anything like that. And the point I'm getting to is our buddy, John Murphy, obviously, you know, we're all thinking of him and he didn't do the game. So Chris Brown, he's doing play by play. And I can't hear him because it's so loud in my ear. Naeem Hines makes it. And then, you know, everything, they throw it down to me. And the first thing I said, Matt was, is this Hollywood or Buffalo? (laughs) Because the thing that came to my mind was you couldn't write a better movie script to start that game. You want to know what incredible it was. You want to know what came to my mind. And I don't know if I actually truly believe this, but in that moment, as he returned the kick, I looked over to my colleague, Brenna Aldridge. She was sitting next to me in the press box. And I said, Oh my God, they're going to win the super bowl. (laughs) Like at that moment, I was like, I feel like there's going to be some intervention from a higher power of whatever you believe, whatever you don't believe. Like, I just thought, wow, everything that this team has gone through this year, they're just going to, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. And then yesterday the game happened and there were a lot of concerning things that we saw. They still were able to get away and they were still able to be 13 and three on the season. They were still able to win their, what is it? Sixth or seventh straight game, whatever it is like, yeah, they're a really good team. I don't know if my brain tells me that they're going to win the super bowl. I think actually my brain tells me that they've got a lot of flaws and that they're not going to, but my gut keeps falling back to, If not now, then when, when you just think of the year that this team has had, and I'm just going to lump everything together, but some of these are more significant than others, obviously, but we had a mass shooting in Buffalo when the team was just getting here for mandatory minicamp, they all fly into the city so they can go visit the site of the shooting. That was before the season even started. Then you go into training camp. Then Luke Knox, Dawson Knox's brother, passes away weeks before the season, which was a shock, of course, completely out of the blue. Then the season moves along. You know, the Bills are a really good team. It looks like the Bills are rolling for a little bit. Then they lose a home game because of a really bad winter storm. Turns out that would only be the second worst storm we had in a span of a month. And then there's another massive once in a lifetime blizzard that takes the lives of more than 40 people here in Western New York, just absolutely devastating. And then we finally are starting to get through the blizzard. And I don't want to make it seem like, you know, it's an afterthought or anything, but we're once again talking about football in a big game between the bills and the Bengals and DeMar Hamlin collapses on the fields and we don't know if he's going to make it. And all of this is in the span of one season. It's just for this team and for this community, they have been through so much. And I feel like 
I don't know. I, I just, my gut keeps telling me like, maybe this is the year, maybe this is the year they do it. And they have the team to do it. Right. And they have the leadership to do it and they have the coaching to do it. And Brandon Bean said that Sean McDermott should be the coach of the year. And, and, and I agree with that sentiment because of what you said. I mean, you know, if Sean McDermott doesn't win coach of the year because Nick Sirianni or Brian Dable gets it. I understand, but absolutely he should be considered because of these things. This is coaching more than coaching. This is leadership. That's what that is to get you through, you know, all of these situations. We should tell everybody who we are. We never did that. And I'm here and Matt yeah. there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like, it's okay. I didn't, I've had a hard time kind of summarizing what, so we're recording this on Monday morning. Monday I've had a hard Monday morning. I've had a hard time summarizing what Sunday was like to people. And I know that's not great when you use words for a living, but I, I've just been like, it was just out of body feels a little bit dramatic, but that's kind of what it felt like. The, um, the thing for me was the moment, the moment, like through the day, of mm-hmm. course it was the, the kickoff return, but Matt, when 60 plus thousand people were holding a three up with their fingers. Yeah. I mean, all the feels baby. Also, can we talk about, so LaShawn McCoy led the charge. Yes. LaShawn McCoy from our time with him was, I would say historically hot and cold. When LaShawn wanted to talk to you, he was the greatest interview, the greatest soundbite, the greatest quote you could ever have when he didn't, he just avoided everybody. He just wouldn't speak, but he was built for what he did yesterday. He had those people so fired up. You know, they always have one of these members of their alum come out and do this little chant at the beginning of the game. He was about as pumped up as anybody I've ever seen do it. Have you listened to him at all or watched him in some of the media things he's doing? Well, yeah. And I've seen a lot of the praise he's had for Josh and mm-hmm. for McDermott and for the organization. But yeah, I have seen some well, of it. I, I, I went up to him before the game. I saw him on the field and I said, I have to tell you, you've been awesome. in the stuff you're doing in the media, you're so honest. Like that's the thing. Like some, he has slammed Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels. And he's going on these podcasts, these video casts. And he, he didn't know. He's like, are you kidding me? He goes, you really think that? And I said, LaShawn, like coming from you to be that honest, a former player to say things, it's amazing. And he just, he felt really good about it. And I felt good to tell him that because he was very unsure of himself. And I agree with you. Like, you don't know what to expect. And someone said to me, I don't know what to expect when he has the mic in his hand, by the way. And that uh, was good. It was good. You know, he did a great job and he got everybody fired up. Um, I, I yeah. saw, tw- I saw a tweet yesterday. I don't exactly know what his comment was, so I don't want to put words in his mouth, but apparently he said either in an interview or in conversation with somebody like, I was here and we had Calvin Benjamin as our wide receiver one. And we had all these questions of quarterback. And then I leave and you go and get an MVP quarterback in Stefan Diggs. Like what the heck? So I think he realizes that he was here for the tail end of it. But <laughs> I mean, LaShawn was a very, very big part of the team that ended the drought. So when yeah. I think back to, when I think back to his time in Buffalo, actually, I think he gets hurt in that last game he of the year against Miami. And the big story of the week was if he would play in that Jacksonville game and he he, did, but he was certainly wasn't himself. Yes, exactly. So I I think that that was, but then he did stay for 2018. He was here for Josh's rookie year. And then I believe he was cut at the beginning of the 2019 season in training camp. Right. Cause that's when they went with Singletary and Gore. I I think so. Yeah. So that's, but, but you know, it's, it's, 
it's nice to see those guys embrace absolutely know, this team and and the people. And I think that in turn, you know, the community embraces them, even though a lot of them who come back were a part of a very lean history of football in Buffalo. You had a question for me, but we've gotten so off topic. Well, let's, what, what was let, the question? Let's, let's break here and I'll come back and I'll ask you because I want to get into this game as well, because it's uh, we're going to have to pick up the energy a little bit and it relates to that. Are you ready? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Let's do that. We'll talk about it. When we come back the game, the bills, they beat the new England Patriots 35 to 23. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove. It's always game day in Buffalo. Let's talk about that next here on the podcast. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Matt, it's been a challenging week. It's been a long week. We're all emotionally drained in our own way. I know you are. I yep. am. I got to go on the radio on Monday morning, be ready to go at 7 a.m. and sound perky. Um, so I come in here and I got my show at 10. So we say, let's let's record this. I get in here and I'm like, I need coffee. I already had one on the way in. I'm like, I need coffee. I go to the other room, WBEN, right around the corner here. We're all in the same building. Mm-hmm. The only coffee I could find, it's sitting there. And I said, how old is this coffee? Ugh. Randy Bush over at WBEN says, oh, it's old. I said, how old is old? Uh, five o'clock hour. Dude, it's eight o'clock. I'm like, that is not old for me. So my question, oh. how old is too old for you when it comes to coffee? Oh, I was expecting way worse. I was expecting right. you were going to say like yesterday or something. Okay. Like somebody made it. Turn I to- will. I would drink this same coffee if this was two o'clock in the afternoon or three o'clock and someone said it's from five o'clock this morning. I wouldn't care. I would heat it up. My typical Monday, I will go into the station probably around 12, 1230. And... Most of the time, there has not been any new coffee made since, like, the morning team left, which would be at, like, well, they leave at, like, noon, but they probably make their last coffee at 8 o'clock. So Mm -hmm. I'm going into four-hour-old coffee, and I'm totally fine with that. To me, that is better than having to make a new pot of coffee. I don't mind making a new pot of coffee. I do it if if I have some and it's easy, let's go. No, if I have some and it's easy because, yep. you know, we've got one of those big coffee pots where the the pat, the bottom is heated. So, like, it stays hot the entire time. Yep. So, I'll pour a cup. I'll throw it in the microwave for just, like, 20 seconds just to give it, like, a little extra kick. And then we're on our way. How do you take your coffee? Um, I have usually flavored creamer, uh, either hazelnut or French vanilla. Oh, okay. I don't okay. drink any regular creamer, half and half, or milk. Um, if I do not have flavored creamer, I take one or two sweeteners okay black with just that how about you just black just Just black black. all the time yeah i drink probably more coffee than i should me too me too so i feel like we are the last people in the world who need more caffeine by the way you and i that's that's true but i feel (laughs) like with the amount of coffee that i drink if i had it any other way than black 
it would be not great for me health wise. So right. I'm just trying to stick to black coffee as much as I can. Well, have have some decaf once in a while. I've, I've learned to train myself to say, all right, yeah, I need one. You know what? I've already had a couple of cups. Let's go to decaf. The bills certainly were not running on decaf when Naheem Hines took back the opening kickoff 96 yards for a touchdown. And we just talked about the emotion of the moment. I also feel it really helped them on the field, Matt. I think it really kind of let out that, that tension that was built Mm up. You know, if he takes a knee or if he's at the 25 yard line, I don't know how the first series goes, but after he scored, it's like, okay, you can play football. Now you're here, you're in the lead. It's out there. Everybody's going crazy. You know, you just kind of let that out there. And it really was in a great way. We always say popping a balloon, maybe in a deflating way. It wasn't, it was popping a balloon of tension that really, I think allowed everyone to be a little bit more relaxed and playing. Granted the Patriots did come down and score not long after that, but I'd really thought that was a big moment for this team to be get, getting back on track on the field. Yeah. I think it would always be tough to kind of live up to the expectations and the emotions of that game. And I think that that play kind of helped them start obviously with a lead, but also kind of let them play a little bit free. Now the next season, Series, the defensive series was also great. They made the Patriots go three and out. Mac Jones gets sacked. And at that point, you're like, the Bills are going to win today by 100. There's no chance that the Patriots are going to be able to hang around in this game. But then they punt the ball to the Bills, and the Bills aren't able to really get anything cooking on offense. They punt it back, and then the Patriots come down and they score. And really, for the entire first half, I mean, they basically played an even game. I mean, Josh has the interception at the end in the red zone. So the bills leave points on the board there. Then the start of the second half wasn't great either. Special teams played a difference in this game. They played the biggest difference. The bills offense had three touchdowns. Their special teams had two touchdowns. So I don't think it's fair to say that their only reason they won the game was because of the special teams. Cause I've seen that a couple places like, Oh, the bills needed two kickoffs to win this game. It certainly helps. But how, but, but they, they robbed, but the two kickoffs robbed, I mean, not in a bad way of two possessions. Like, I mean, you know, you look at the game stats, right. And the bills were outgained by the Patriots three forty one to three twenty seven. But Matt, that's a big reason is because they didn't have the ball because they had two kickoff returns that went for touchdowns. So Patriots score and, or kick off the opening kickoff and right away they get the ball back. The bills don't have an opportunity. The bills actually had more yards per play than the Patriots. I don't think they played perfect. I, I think there were a lot of things that have to be cleaned up or, you know, there were times where it felt just like ah, a little bit of a struggle here or there, but honestly, like they also didn't have the ball that much. They ran only 56 plays. That's not a lot. No. And I think my biggest takeaway from yesterday from just the football side of things, I know in the first segment, we talked about the super bowl. And if this is the team that's able to do it, and if they are the team that's able to do it to me, it's because of one person. It's because of Josh Allen. Yeah. And yesterday we saw Josh Allen do some of the freakazoid things that Josh Allen is capable of doing. Now, I do not think they can be too reliant on that because eventually it's going to come back down to reality. Eventually he's just going to have an okay game and that won't be enough against some of the elite teams that they're going to have to face. But if there's also anybody who I trust more, there's nobody I trust more on this team than Josh Allen to step up in the biggest moments. So we saw that yesterday as the game was still close in the second half, he makes the unbelievable play to John Brown. He's rolling to his right. He just casually flips a ball. And it was almost like when you watched him throw, I don't know how many people noticed it, but he kind of flipped his wrist after he released the ball. Like, Steph Curry would do shooting a three point shot. Like he threw the ball and immediately he was like, this is a touchdown. So there was like a little finesse there. And then a couple minutes later, 
he just throws an unbelievable pass. Stefan Diggs. He is flat footed, basically throwing off his back yeah. foot from not the far hash, but closer to the farther hash than the close hash. 60 yards in the air, right into the bucket to Stefan Diggs. Like that is a throw that very few people on the planet can make. There's probably three of them. And Josh Allen is one of them. So I think for the bills, of course, it was always going to play a big fat. Josh was always going to be the biggest factor here, but over the last couple of weeks, I do not trust their defense nearly as much as I did a month and a half ago. So that's why I think there's more pressure on the offense And the other concern from yesterday was I think it was a step back for the running backs. I think for part of that's the Patriots Patriots got a really good defense, but I think the running backs were trending in the right direction. And then we saw them take a step back. Yeah. The running game outside of Josh, but even Josh, Josh was only when's the last time Josh Allen had only 1.6 yards of carry one point. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like normally I wonder if the ankle, I wonder if the ankle impacted that at all. He, there were a few times I thought he could have ran, but he didn't. And Actually, one of them was, I think, the touchdown of John Brown. I thought, oh, he's going to run here. And obviously, he um, threw the touchdown pass. But let me ask you this. I'm not saying, like, it was uh, throw out everything you saw yesterday. But isn't it fair to say, because of how their week went and how um, really abnormal, the lack of preparation time and on task they were able to have, the lack of focus they were on football, I think played a role in all of this, Matt. I really do. And I don't, I don't know how much I want to give to, well, this didn't go right. Or that didn't go right. When I'm like, dude, like they had to play a game that they weren't. How could you game plan until Thursday or Friday, even getting out on the field on top of already being a short week. Then what happened? I mean, we know that we could even go to practice. They had, they had everybody limited on Thursday. And I'm guessing that's because they just kind of backed off a lot of guys because of, you know, mental health and making sure that they're okay. And all that kind of stuff. I don't know how much I want to give into. Yeah, it really wasn't a very good game without thinking about all of that week that they had to go through. I think you're right. But to me, the things that I thought were flaws were the biggest flaws in this game. And that's the pause and the reason for concern moving forward. Like there were times yesterday. I understand a lot of it is probably game planning. There were times yesterday when Mac Jones looked like a really good quarterback, and that's a problem because they're going to play quarterbacks a lot better than Mac Jones moving forward. There were times yesterday when Devontae Parker looked like an elite wide receiver, which is also a problem because Devontae Parker wasn't even able to get on the field with the next team that they are playing because they had so many other guys. So I just think that there are cause for concern. Josh might be able to erase those problems, but even on a short week, I was still expecting a more convincing win yesterday. And maybe I just don't think the Patriots are very good because that was, that was also part of the the factor too. I'm sitting there watching the game and I'm like, okay, I think the Patriots are the team that you want to play next week in the wild card. I was like, of the teams that you could potentially play, I think the Patriots, you would be the most confident beating just because of the way that their roster. Let's let's talk about this in a second. I want to, I want to get into this a minute. Okay. Yes. But on your point of maybe you expected more, I, this is a new England Patriots team. I understand that what happened last year in the playoffs, I get it. And I understand how much Josh Allen's kind of owned them a little bit here, but they had their entire season to play for. Whereas the bills went through this week and did not. Yes. They're playing for the two seed. I get it. 
That's a good. This point. is a playoff game for the Patriots. They That's were prepared. They they had to come here to Buffalo to play. The Bills were not in that same position. This was not a virtual playoff game for the Buffalo Bills. So again, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you or anybody else, Matt, that yeah, whatever happened, it's okay. They 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 could have played. I'm not going to count anything. There there were there were issues that came up that we need to address and they need to. But I just don't know how much I really want to take stock in all of that, considering. I mean, Trey White called it a blank show. He said, what was this week like for you? To be honest, yeah. it was a it was a sh- show. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, but let me ask you this question, and I don't want to harp on this, because I really do think as long as you have Josh Allen, you have a chance. Are you more or less confident that this team can win a Super Bowl than you were a month ago? Oh, I'm less. I'm less because of the issues you brought up, no doubt, and they have popped up, but also because of where they are. They don't have, they, they still, the way the Chiefs are playing, and the fact that even though it's not in Kansas City, if you face them, it's neutral yeah. site. And the fact that the Bengals are really, really good on offense, you might have to face them in the second round. I think all of that factors in. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing, too. I think the realization of I would feel, as everybody would, I would feel much, much better about their chances if they had the bye week, because Mm -hmm. obviously then you wouldn't have any upset potential, but also just because then you wouldn't be playing both the Bengals and the Chiefs. And right now, if you win on Sunday against the Dolphins, and we'll talk more about that in the next segment, you still probably are going to have to play the Bengals. It's going to be in Buffalo, but you're going to have to play them. And then you're going to probably have to play Kansas city and to be able to go through both of those quarterbacks just to get to the super bowl. That concerns me a bit, especially because of this win streak that they're on. Like eventually you're going to lose a game. It's just eventually going to happen. And if not, that means the bills have won 10 straight games to win the super bowl and maybe they can do it. And if there's anybody who can, I think it's Josh Allen. The one thing that gives me reasons, there are a lot of reasons I think that they can still do it, but I do think back to last year and they were not clicking on all cylinders by any stretch going into the playoffs last year. There were concerns. That's right. And then in the first game, the offense lost its mind. And then in the second game, the offense lost its mind again. And then there were way too many mistakes made in the final 13 seconds. And then they ultimately lose, but they could have won that game and they could have won the super bowl last year. So that's why I kind of am going back. And it's like the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other shoulder for me. Like part of me is just listening to the devil say like, this team is flawed besides the quarterback. What are they really good at? And that's a really tough question to answer. Then the other side is like, yeah, but the quarterback's the most important position in the game. Right. They have one of the best, and he's able to do this. He's a freak. So, yeah, yesterday was a bit concerning for as amazing and memorable as yesterday was, and specifically that first play of the game. I left that game thinking like, man, they got a lot of things they need to clean up moving forward here. I don't disagree, but now they face the Miami Dolphins, which is going to be a much different task for a lot of different reasons than the New England Patriots. Let's talk about how that unfolded and what we look forward to here in wildcard, super wildcard weekend in the NFL. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove. All right, Matt, you just said a little while ago, Patriots were the team you were most confident beating. Yeah. Um, I disagree. I would have... If you, first of all, it's all about the quarterback for Miami. Yes. If you guarantee me the two is not playing easily. Number one, give me the dolphins. I agree. If you tell me Tua is playing, they're the last team I want to play. I agree again, but I would much rather have played the Pittsburgh Steelers than the New England Patriots. Despite all the emotion with Pittsburgh and how well they've played, it's Kenny Pickett and a rookie and as a rookie, they can't really, I mean, they really don't have much offense to threaten you. They can make some plays on defense for sure with some players. But I was, I was thinking all day, I don't want the New England Patriots to come back here. I don't want the New England Patriots to get a third shot at the bills this year. It's so tough to beat a team three times. As you know, Bill Belichick back-to-back weeks facing the same team. As much as I'm, I'm the first guy to tell you, Bill Belichick is, it was all about Brady and you know, Belichick is under 500 without, I'm the guy to tell you that on the radio all the time and on Twitter but I didn't want to see that. I think that the Steelers would have been tougher than the Patriots. I think that Kenny Pickett is whatever. I know he's a rookie quarterback. I know yesterday he was fine. He didn't win them the game. He didn't lose them the game. I think the reason I would be more concerned about the Steelers is their playmaking ability on defense. And that's not to knock the Patriots, but like they they can make a big play. They can turn the game. They got Minka Fitzpatrick. They got TJ Watt. They got Cam Hayward. They got Highsmith. They got all these guys who are freaks. And, you know, the last time that they played the Steelers, they didn't have TJ Watt. And he's their best player. So you think back, I know that was a route for the Bills, but I just, that was the team. I was like, man, for some reason, I don't feel comfortable about them playing the Steelers. I very much agree with you on the sentiments that if it's Tua, the Dolphins are the hardest matchup of the teams that they could play. If it's not, it's probably the easiest. My brain tells me that Tua is not going to play, but my gut tells me that he is because I don't have any faith that the Dolphins are, you know, taking this as serious as they should because they've proven to us this year that they really haven't. I mean, right. It's three concussions this year. I've heard, I've heard a couple of people say like two is going to retire. Now, of course, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of stuff about his future. And I thought Mike McDaniel's comment after their game was interesting. He said, I'm not putting him in a game this year or next year until he gets medically cleared. Like even to bring that up. Yes. Right. was kind of, but, but this morning, right before we did this, Adam Schefter was on ESPN. He was on get up their morning show. And he said, I have a hard time believing the Dolphins are going to roll into Buffalo with Skylar Thompson as their quarterback in a playoff game. What about Teddy? He, so he said, he was like, so that of course brings us to questions with Teddy. And that brings us to questions with Tua. So I don't think Adam Schefter just says that. No, no, I no, I agree. And also the thing that is making me wonder about Tua's availability is the line. The betting line was out fast. And the minute that that betting line came out where the bills are 10 and a half point favorites, 10 point favorites, that makes me think that Vegas does not think Tua is playing. Agreed hundred percent. And generally 
in a situation like this, they would even keep it off the board this early. Yeah. Until you but, find out. Yes. But I, I don't know. It's just like he's around the team. I know that players who are in the concussion protocol can be around the team as much as they want. But like yesterday, there's videos of him celebrating with his teammates in the locker room and walking off the field and stuff. So I'm like, he's around the team. And I, I saw a couple other tweets from people who cover the dolphins who like Tyreek went up to him and jokes like, Hey, are you going to be ready next week? And he just like laughed and he walked away and stuff like that. So it, it really is just a big waiting game. Now I believe looking back to last week, McDaniel ruled Tua out on Monday. Yeah. I don't see that happening this week just because I would think you want the competitive advantage of having your opponent just kind of be up in the air for as long as possible. I agree with that. Um, and I think that even, even with everything you just said with, with, you know, maybe he, maybe he's on a track to possibly be cleared. Part of this could be them saying, but what happens if he gets another one? Maybe they want more time. You know what I mean? They, maybe that's part of it too. And I keep thinking, sure. There's one piece of this to say, Hey, he's passed all the tests. He's gone through the process and they probably play him in that situation. But because of what happened earlier in the year, because of the situation, how they were really rightfully criticized so much and because of his health, could it be possible? He goes through the steps, he gets cleared and they say, but we're just not doing it. We're just not, does, does a medical professional, does, do they say we're just not doing it because if something were to happen to him and he gets another one, then really that, then the team is really, really going to have to face scrutiny. Yeah. And I don't think that it's a smart, first off, his health is the most important thing. Right. I think we all agree on that, but from a football side of things, I don't think it makes sense to mortgage the future of your franchise and your organization and of a specific player for a game that's still up in the air at best, even if he plays going into an off season where you got a lot of different things you got to figure out. You don't have a first round pick. Like if you think that Tua being health, if Tua is healthy and you truly believe that with Tua, you can go win the Super Bowl, then he should be out on the field if he's healthy. And if you think that you can beat the bills and then you can go on a run. But if you're like, if you're realistic about this and you're like, listen, this would be a really tough game and two is still not a hundred percent. We're going to just hope that Teddy Bridgewater can play. And Hey, if we win and we live to fight another day, maybe then we reassess the situation, but that's how I'm looking at it. But I still, I just don't have faith in the dolphins that they're thinking the same way I am because multiple times this year, they haven't. All right. So if Tua plays, how tough is this game for the Bills? Very tough. And I am too high on Miami. This has been something that people have messaged yep. me and tweeted me after all of the podcasts that we've done this year. I think I give Miami too much credit for a team that lost a bunch of games in a row and needed to beat the Jets in the last game of the year just to get in. And they were only able to score 11 points. But I think Tua, when healthy, is a really, really good player. I mean, they took the bills to the brink yep. in Buffalo I, I, a couple weeks ago. So, I mean, the bills needed a last set. The bills needed a touchdown, a two point conversion and a last second field goal to win that game. So it was not a walk in the park. I think the dolphins I've explained this. I've got a friend who's a really, really big dolphins fan. And I always tell him that I don't think the dolphins are a very good team yet, but I think they're a very dangerous team. And I think yeah. those are the teams that sometimes you try and avoid in the playoffs because if they get hot and they play their game, 
they can beat you. And that's what's scary. Yeah, for sure. It's all about really Hill and Waddle and, you know, two is the trigger man to get that to them. If it's Teddy Bridgewater, he can make some plays, but I'm not concerned. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater's getting the ball into those guys' hands in the same situation as Tua Tungavailoa will or would be able to. And if it's Skylar Thompson, I mean, boy, that would be an incredible upset. I mean, the Bills should just the Bills should really take care of business pretty handily. I think it's Skylar Thompson. I think it's Teddy. If it's Teddy, they should still win. And if it's Tua, they'll be the better team. Let's remember though, on the other side of the ball. The Bills did score over 30 points against the Miami Dolphins the last time they played. This will come down to scoring points as well. This will come yeah. down to the Bills, you know, being able to move the ball against a defense that you can move the ball against at times. They did. They have had games where they've been really good. And against the Joe Flacco led Jets, obviously they only led up six points. Um, but that's put Josh Allen in this offense. They've had success um, against this defense. All right. So let me, let's turn the page here and just talk about the overall AFC because I'm looking at the bracket. Mm-hmm. The way it works, the Bills will, if they were to win, um, Kansas City would play the lowest surviving seed. Yeah. So it is impossible for the Bills to play the Ravens in the second round. It's impossible. Because if the Bills win, they'll be the two. If the Ravens win, they would automatically go to Kansas City. It would Mm -hmm. be, because seven would be out. So six would go to one. All right. Now, here's the question I have for you. I've been pondering this. I don't want me to be confusing, but I'm going to try and say the best I can. If the Ravens win, they will go to Kansas City. Yep. That does knock Cincy out, though. Yes, absolutely. And then the Bills would play the winner of the Chargers-Jags game. In 100%. 100%. Okay, okay, wait. If Cincy wins, yeah. okay, obviously they would come to Buffalo. And then the winner of the Jags-Chargers game would go to Kansas City. Which scenario do you prefer? Because in one scenario... I don't think Baltimore has beaten Kansas city. I think you might as well just give them a pass to the championship game. If that happens, but you would knock out Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> but you... in the other scenario, Cincinnati would have to come to Buffalo, which is really tough, but maybe the chargers or the Jags could go to Kansas city and win. No, you want the Ravens to win. You want the okay. Ravens to win. So the Bengals get out and you're, then you you're, don't... this is the way you want it. Yes. No matter, if, no matter I, what. Th- I think if you're drawing this up from a bill standpoint, your perfect first weekend would be, to you know, have a no sweat win against the Dolphins, where you stay healthy and you're on to the next one. The Bengals lose to the Ravens because also, if the Bengals lose to the Ravens, the Ravens are probably pretty dangerous if Lamar Jackson plays. And then that's yeah. a team that could go into Kansas City and pull off yeah. an upset. Like it, if they can beat that's Cincinnati, right. they can beat Kansas City. Then you would be a pretty big favorite at home against the chargers or the Jags. You should be able to beat both of those teams. The chargers are a little bit like the dolphins where they're really dangerous. They've got some flaws, but they've got a great quarterback. Did you, by the way, did you see yesterday they, they Bosa and Mike Williams got hurt in a meaningless game? I know. I know. And, Mike, and, Mike Williams was carted off the field. That's right. And, um, uh, Brandon Staley was asked and he said, well, there's only 48 guys who can play. Yeah. But Brandon doesn't mean those are the part of the 48 that have to play. <laughs> I know. So I think, my biggest kind of pause for the bills in ultimately getting to the Super Bowl is that they have to play both the Bengals. They would potentially have to play both the Bengals and the chiefs. I think you can get through one of them, but getting through both of them is really, really tough to do. It's almost even like last year with the chiefs, like the chiefs were able to get through the bills and then they fell the next week to the Bengals. I just think that's a lot to have to go through on back-to-back games. That's assuming they beat Miami, of course, and, you know, we'll see how that shakes out. But, yeah, I would say the Ravens beating the Bengals would be far more beneficial than 
the Bengals winning and then just hoping that the, you know, chargers could go upset the chiefs. I agree with you about Lamar. Of course, and he is the X factor, but Matt, I just, I don't see any way that the Ravens go to the chiefs and win. And I think if you want to get rid of the chiefs, you almost have to have Jacksonville, or the chargers because their offenses can, can have days. Yeah, but it's not like they've beat them. They come close to beating them, but they still lose. So that's, so that's the thing. I'm like, my goodness, I I don't know. I don't really know if anybody can beat them besides the Bengals or the bills. But if you're the bill, I think if you're the bills, you need to be more concerned about the teams that you're playing, not the teams that could potentially, of course, but Hey, but we, we asked, we we're, 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 this is all, we don't have to play. We don't have to prepare this week for the Dolphins. I was looking yesterday. So I was just looking, I wanted to see what the betting line for the bills dolphins was. And when I went on the odds to get out of the AFC, now they may have changed since yesterday, but the chiefs were the favorite at plus one fifty. The bills were the second favorite at plus 200 the Bengals were like plus 420 so the bills almost had twice as good odds to get out of the afc and make it to the super bowl than the Bengals did which i thought was pretty surprising now maybe part of that is because of the ravens and that's a tough matchup and the unknown of baltimore i believe that line is five and a half Bengals minus five and a half um so i mean also the playoffs are weird, and that's another reason why I'm a little bit concerned about the Bills because every year something weird happens yeah. wild card weekend, oh, like, e- like every year. And you just are hoping that you avoid being the team that gets knocked off in that super weird game where on Monday morning everybody's like, how did that team lose? And I'm I'm seeing six and a half for that game. Ra- six uh, and Ravens, yeah. Okay. Is it 10 or 10 and a half for the Bills? 11 and a half now at most books. Wow. It's oh, it, op- it opened at 10 and a half. And it's gone up to 11 and a half, 11 to 11 and a half, depending on where you look. Wow. I feel like I'm coming in on the bills there. Am I nuts? Am I nuts and think like I'm genuinely concerned about this game for the bills, Matt. I think most people are probably thinking Tua's not playing right now. I mean, if that changes the equation, if it, if, yeah. if he doesn't play, I, I think it would be a monstrous setback for this team to lose to either Teddy or Skylar Thompson. That's the thing that I keep going back to. I'm like, if you have to sweat out a game against Skylar Thompson or Teddy, or if you lose a game to one of those two players, you do not deserve to be in the conversation of a team that can win the Super Bowl. You just don't. You're too flawed. So they should be, they better be able to take care of business. Of course, they're just, you know, waiting on what happens with Tua. William, we'll break down the games a little bit more. I want to do that later, like in the week. But how do you yeah. think about what do you think about the schedule? The way the NFL scheduled um, week one of the postseason. You start off that Saturday evening window with Seahawks at 49ers. And by the way, what a, what a disaster for the Packers to blow it at home against the Lions team had nothing to play for. Incredible. Gets the Seahawks in after their last second field goal. They started off going to the 49ers. Then you have Chargers Jags as the Saturday night game. Dolphins bills Sunday at one o'clock. We talked about that scheduling giants. Vikings is the second game. Ravens Bengals is the night game on Sunday on NBC. And then Monday night football Cowboys Buccaneers without getting into the details and specifics of the matchups. What do you think about the TV schedule? I think that the real big weight on everything was the Packers game, because I think if the Packers win Packers 49ers would have been a primetime game. I think that's a much sexier matchup 
than the Seahawks 49ers. And I think that kind of threw things off for them. I think you're right. And they probably would have just flipped the uh, two Saturday games. That's what I was thinking because it's historically the AFC South is the first game. It's been some crazy run where it's been like almost the last 10 years or something. That's been the first one, except for the year that the Titans had the bye week. So obviously they couldn't be playing on the first game of the the playoff uh, schedule. I thought the two most likely slots for the bills were Saturday night or Sunday at one o'clock. But I always, thought it was going to be the bills and the Bengals playing in the same day. I didn't think that they were going to give one team the advantage of playing a day ahead of each other. So that's why it made the most sense for the bills to be on Sunday. Bengals Ravens, just like screams Sunday night football on NBC. It just has that feel. And so does the Cowboys and bucks always like screamed Monday night football. <laughs> and and- so the way, the, the way the Mike North, the schedule guy explained it to me when I did my podcast with him last year, and I, so I kind of figured it would be this way again. It would have to be the Monday night game is going to be a four or five matchup because yeah. the four or five matchup doesn't screw with the other teams knowing who they're going to play. Like it doesn't, it has the least altering effect on the bracket, if you will. Mm-hmm. Right. That makes, so, yeah, that makes so, sense. So that's why they make the Monday night game. Um, what the only not gripe I have, but the only thing it's like, ah, oh, man, even after the chargers Jags game on Saturday, the bills will not know their opponent. No matter what happens after their game on Sunday, they have to wait until the Sunday night game is played. Yep. So that's the one gripe, but I think you take that yeah. as because you're going to get a seven hour head start. At least you'll rest. know before Monday night, right? I mean, yes, yeah, so at least you'll know yeah. before Monday night. You'll know by the end of the day, yeah. Sunday. And um, yeah, I, I think the Bills, my favorite scenario would have been Saturday at 4 30, mm. just to kind of, I don't want to say get it over with, but almost like, we, we think, we hope the bills are going to be able to win this game. Then you can kind of start shifting your focus to the next thing. And you get a little bit of extra rest and a little bit of extra recovery. Also, I wonder if that would have had any impact on the Tua situation. I wonder if it would have been an advantage for the bills to play on Saturday, because it would have been a day less that they could have figured out what's going on with Tua. I don't know if that's the case. They might already know, and we just have no idea if he's going to be available or if he's not going to be available. I don't know if one day would make a difference, Um, but I did see a couple Dolphins fans, I think, on social media, and I'm sure they're just kind of speculating like we are right now, saying like, man, would love to be the Monday night game because then there's a better chance to be available. Well, I think it goes for any injury, right? Any injury for anybody, you get an extra day to recover uh, if you get to, if if you play on Monday, in this case, Sunday versus Saturday. Did anyone, I don't, I can't recall anybody getting banged no, up yesterday. There was, there was the only thing that happened in the bills game. As we wrap up here, the only thing that happened was Jordan Phillips came off with his shoulder, with his arm kind of dangling a little bit. He's been dealing with the shoulder. He went back out there though. He played, there was, there were several Patriots players who were hurt and on the injury report. If you, um, you know, an official injury during the game, you know, Kyle Duggar, was it, um, not Duggar. Well, Duggar went down a little no, bit. No, Doug, Doug, Duggar went down and Judon went down. And Judon went down and um, Connor McDermott did former bill, but there were, there were several guys, um, nobody for the bills. So that's good news. Hopefully this week as it progresses, you know, that will stay the same that, you know, you're, you're getting good news on the injury report and everybody's available. And then we'll see, what do they do? John Brown, Cole Beasley, the elevations reset, um, that Christian Benford, Jamison Crowder comes into play. Maybe they haven't act. I'm not saying they haven't put the 21 day window, but all these things that we talk about. And I think at some point people will ask us, what about Micah Hyde? Anything we know that I know he's, 
still, you know, there's no plan for him to come back. Yeah. But we've also, you and I have also left open the window that that could be possible at some point. So I don't want to completely dismiss it down the road. I thought it was more possible if they got the bye week. I thought if they had the bye week and they were able to kind of like reset and just have that week to prepare for whatever opponent they were going to be playing in the divisional round and you could kind of start that window. I thought that's when it was the most realistic. Uh, I would say now I think it would be a pretty big upset. I'm not, I'm not saying it's impossible. Yeah, I agree. I just I just don't see it really happening. All right. We're going to talk about this matchup in much more depth and the rest of the NFL playoffs. Again, super wild card weekend. I really don't hate. I don't really like that term at all. I kind of hate it actually, but that's what the NFL calls it. So it's the first round of the playoffs, super wild card weekend, bills, dolphins Sunday at 1 PM, Matt, go get some uh, coffee. That's been sitting there for 12 hours. However you need to do it, whatever you need to do. Yeah. I'm going to go find my black coffee. You enjoy your next (laughs) coffee and uh, we'll talk soon. I know uh, this is going to be another hectic week, but that's just, that's the playoffs. You, You wouldn't trade it for anything else. You, I would not trade it for locker room cleanout day. That's for certain.